Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, live on Twitch.tv. Forward slash Simon316, thank you for everyone for joining me today. It's a pleasure to see your faces through the magic of the internet, even though obviously I can't see you at all. Why am I see-through? I'm wearing a yellow and grey top. i got to change this background. This background is absolutely nuts. Obviously, if you're listening on the podcast feed, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And just to remind you, you can get exclusive episodes on the podcast feed. So no matter where you are listening to this, go to Spotify, you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to iTunes, whatever the hell it's called now, Google Play. Hit the subscribe button and keep an eye out for new episodes coming all the time. I made the terrible decision to put... I'm glad that it's on Spotify now, the podcast. But the problem is, it kind of screwed up everything else. <laughs> it kind of... It, it just took my... Uh, it took my podcast out of loads of people's feeds. But never mind. We go on regardless and hopefully we can build it all back up again. Hope everyone had a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed NXT TakeOver in your house. I loved it for the nostalgia, mostly. I thought that was awesome. It's not... Um, I don't. It was. It was certainly on the. If we, I don't like. This is way too negative. It was certainly on the lower end of qualities of takeovers that we're used to. But again, that's like saying a pizza from Tesco isn't as good as a pizza from Pizza Hut. It's still pizza, and I still had uh, an enjoying time eating it. I think my favorite match was either Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Actually, there's three. The three standouts to me were the main event. I thought Charlotte, Io Shirai, and Rhea Ripley was great, and obviously Io winning was just awesome. I really like Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. I get, some people are like, oh, the size difference is too ridiculous. But that's why I liked it. I enjoyed the big guy versus little guy dynamic. I thought it was fun. And uh, what was the other one that I like? Oh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, which I thought was awesome. Again, few people are a bit annoyed that Damian Priest lost. But I think surely we're heading back towards Adam Cole versus Finn Balor, which makes sense to me, which is probably why Velveteen Dream lost. I didn't mind the car park brawl or backlot brawl, whatever you want to call it. I was just surprised for a cinematic match, it didn't really captivate me as much as I was expecting, but I still had a good time. You know what I mean? It was one of those things. I was like, it's good, but no, it was just good. That's it. There's no but. It was just, it was good. Whereas usually, you know, with some of the other ones, like it was good and this and that and up and down and left and right and do a backflip. And yeah, I didn't really get that. I didn't really get that with this one. Interesting that Velveteen Dream can now never challenge for the belt again as Adam Cole is champion. But you'd have to imagine now that he's been champion for over a year, it will come to a close eventually. And then obviously, he can, it's not like the Cody Rhodes Dynamite thing, AEW. He can throw himself back into it. Although I read something very interesting the other day. Imagine Cody Rhodes go heel and he just breaks his own stipulation. I kind of like that. Spits in the face of the fans. Don't know why I had to do the spit sound effect, but I did. Um... So yeah, decent. Decent all around. And then obviously Raw finished around about 24 hours ago. Quick shout out to pinsandknuckles.com, pinsandknucklesmerch.com. Obviously always support Simon as Pro Wrestling Show. Appreciate that a lot. I think they are back uh, and active now. So check them out for your merchandise needs. I've got a cough, excuse me. <coughs> Not good on an audio show. Um, Yeah, Raw. Let's just talk about it because you want to talk about it. I don't massively want to talk about it because <laughs> the reaction, but I feel the need. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair has kind of fitted into this, 
we call it a Shane McMahon position, a Baron Corbin position, where she is overexposed. Now, there's different ways to look at it. It's never good if you are overexposed. Not necessarily true. Well, no, I mean, the terms overexposed is obviously, it, it makes a lot of sense. There are some industries where it's good to be featured. YouTube, for example, it's good to be all over YouTube because YouTube appreciates it. But I don't think we need to see Charlotte Flair on SmackDown, Charlotte Flair on Raw, and Charlotte Flair on NXT. So yes, that's a, I don't want to call it an issue. That's a bit, that's a bit extreme. But there is probably a little bit too much of her, as there was with Baron Corbin in late 2018, and as there was with Shane McMahon whenever the hell that was. I can completely understand that. That makes all the sense in the world. However, it's it's not I don't even mind it to a point. I just don't understand what the plan is, is my take on this. Because the rumor now is that she's left NXT. And if she was leaving NXT, she really should have got pinned or submitted for the title. I don't think it would have made a difference. She's Charlotte Flair. We've seen it happen with a lot of other sort of super duper people and or top of the card people. And they have survived massively. Like Finn Balor has lost on NXT. Uh, John Cena has lost on the main roster. Roman Reigns has lost. It doesn't matter. They're top guys. So who cares? But what I I didn't even mind it at the time because I thought I thought there was actually a really cool direction you can go in. You know, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley can feud, or Io Shirai and Charlotte can feud, and as long as Rhea Ripley beats both of those people, then you've kind of um, it's a full court press. You've given something back to everyone. But if she has now left NXT to then put her on Raw and not only have her standing tall after the tag team match, the impromptu tag team match at the start of the show, but also to have her beat the champion after interference by Nia Jax. You're just like, where are we going with this? What is the direction? It's all very, very odd. And I think the reason I'm mostly bothered about it is that we took Oscar, who very much in the same mold as a Drew McIntyre, been a strong dominated champion, and we had her pinned on TV. Now, none of this really matters. It's just pro wrestling. But when you take a step back, the reason I'm enjoying Drew McIntyre as much as I am is because, again, strong, confident champion, kicks people's ass, no problems whatsoever. Great. Excellent. I can believe in you. And also, I don't want to see you lose on television because you're my champion. It opens the doors. So now that Oscar has done that, you have the question of, well, why isn't Charlotte inserted into the match on Sunday at Backlash, right? Why don't, surely she is now has her right to say I should be in that, in that contest. So it's very, very strange. It's very, very strange all around. But look, it is what it is. Maybe I, what I assume is going to happen is that Oscar will beat Nia Jax at Backlash and then we just go into Oscar versus Charlotte for the title. But we've seen that match a few times now and I love it. I think the, I think the, the double shame was the Charlotte versus Oscar match. I mean, a 30-minute women's match to finish off Raw. Five years ago, it wouldn't even been in the conversation. Nobody would have believed you. So to get that rocked, but then to have it with a distraction finish, meh. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it at all. I didn't really uh, I, I didn't really get it. It's very, very, very odd. And again, I, I kind of understand it means we'll do Charlotte Oscar for the title after Nia Oscar at Backlash. <clears throat> but start that program next week. We didn't need to have that match. It, 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 was, it, was, it was something else on Raw did the same. I love MVP and Bobby Lashley. I want to make that very clear. Make that very, very clear right now. I think they rock. But why did they beat the, uh, the, the Viking Raiders when you could have got, uh, was it Thorn and Vink, whatever the hell they're called? You could have got Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Again, I loved both of those. I love both of those guys, all four of those guys. I thought they were doing great, but they did get pulled off Raw and they have absolutely zero momentum. So while I'd rather not see them lose again, if you need a tag team to lose to MVP and Bobby Lashley to give them some credence and momentum, 
Why would you take it away from the Viking Raiders, who at the moment are in this kind of exciting, exciting is not the right word, kind of fun feud with the Street Profits, that you have to imagine eventually ends in a tag team championship match, and give them a loss on television? It's just like, I just saw them have this bizarre, but yeah, entertaining decathlon, and then they lost. And again, getting over the full Nelson, two thumbs up all around. Worked really, really well. Such a simple move. Uh, I think Paul Heyman has talked about this before about taking simple moods and making them work. And I'm all for that. I like the simplicity of it. But yeah, with that and, and the main event and the Iconics losing really in the first match, because why aren't Oscar and Charlotte now in that tag team match? They beat a number one contender. It just doesn't understand. And why were Bailey and Sasha Banks all over the place? <laughs> it was a very weird episode of Raw. Um, again, the match quality was high. That main event was awesome. I thought it really, really, really did rock. The finish sucked, obviously. The tag match that I just talked about was good too, but again, the finish sucked. Kevin Owens versus Angel Garza versus Andrade was just so much fun. That was really fun. Again, that was a finish that made all the sense in the world. Kevin Owens has Angel Garza beat. They're having a feud. Andrade comes in, steals the pin. You can do Andrade versus Apollo. Coming out of that, you can do Andrade versus Angel Garza. They were teasing that. And Kevin Owens can then finish his feud with Angel Garza. That's really good booking. So it's a mystery how we can go to one extreme to the next, but that's WWE, right? We've said it before and we'll say it again. That is just WWE. Um, what else happened on Raw that we should uh, that we should get into? Drew McIntyre's just awesome. Obviously, he was on the VIP lounge. He's just good. I saw a quote from Vince Russo who doesn't think that Drew McIntyre is acting natural. And I was like, are you watching the same show as me? I think Drew McIntyre comes across great. I really, really do. I thought... This new version of Drew McIntyre is far better than the other Drew McIntyres we've seen. Better than that guy last year who's just like, I will eviscerate you. What are we talking about? No one says eviscerate. It's a stupid... We, 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 who, are, who do you think you are? But this Drew McIntyre, I mean, it's a bit of a cheesy thing to say, but he's fun-loving, he's happy, he's confident. That's an easy guy to love. That's an easy guy to get behind. And I th would imagine the reason it's so good is because it's Drew McIntyre being Drew McIntyre. So yeah, I don't know... I don't know what that was all about. The Bobby Lashley-Drew McIntyre feud is good. I didn't need the tag team match, but, you know, that Claymore kick to the face as Bobby Lashley locked on the uh, the full Nelson just looked good. And I tell you, I don't think it will happen, and I do think it would be silly to do it because I think it's too early. If Drew McIntyre wins, sorry, if Bobby Lashley wins, I'm not totally against it. If, if there is a way... I never say this, but again, it all depends on the story. This is the whole point. It depends on the story, which is why it's annoying that WWE overdoes it, because if they did these things less, when you do need to use it, they'd have more impact. But if MVP was somehow able to screw over, um, what do you call it, uh, Drew McIntyre and have Bobby Lashley win, I think I'd be all right with it. I genuinely mean it. And I know that's a crazy thing to say because Drew should not have the... Uh, should not have the belt taken off him whatsoever. I just realized I forgot to put this on Twitter. Let me see if I can do this now. Um, I honestly think there's something there. I honestly, I, I really do. I really do think there's something there. I can do this live. This is fun for people listening. Live on Twitch. Let's talk wrestling. Exclam. There we go. That'll do. I'll wipe that tweet afterwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, I, Bobby Lashley winning the championship right now. It, it, it shouldn't be as sensible to me as it is. And that's because MVP has done a great job and WWE in the whole booking process of making Bobby Lashley feel like a cool threat. 
So we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, I, lo I love everything there. I absolutely love everything there. I think it's a surprising main event. And I've wanted to see Bobby Lashley back in that position for a while. He just needed something. Don't like the Lana stuff. When we cut to Lana halfway through a match, just don't do it. It's so dumb. So dumb. I'm trying to get my mate into wrestling at the moment, right? I won't name him in case he doesn't want to be named. I'll ask him next time. Because during lockdown, he wanted something to do. I said, do get into wrestling and we can talk about it. And he asks me these questions that make me just go, oh, I don't know. Like he said to me, why did we cut to his wife <laughs> halfway through a match? He's like, said, if I was watching a Premier League game and I saw, uh, he didn't say David Beckham, I use David Beckham. I don't, that's so not topical at all, but I don't expect to cut to Victoria when he's about to take a penalty. I was like, dude, I can't answer this. I can't answer this at all. Seth Rollins' Rey Mysterio is just good. It, again, simple stuff. The simple stuff in WWE is the best. Rey comes across like an awesome baby face, so I'm happy with that. Um, the six-man tag is there waiting. You know, you've got Rollins and his buddies against Alistair Black, Chumberto Creo. Chumberto, I call him Chump. Haha, <laughs> funny, funny. And, um, <clears throat> and Ray, when he comes back. That's just a good six-man tag. And then you've got three different feuds you can, you can peel off into, which I presume would be uh, Austin Theory versus uh, Humberto. You go back to Alistair Black Murphy, which is okay. They had great matches. And then you can do your big match between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, and that would be really, really good. How Dominic ties into it, I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was weird when Seth just came out as Rey Mysterio because he'd already been out there on commentary. I was like, what? So you went back to come out? It's a strange thing to do, but no, I like it. And I think Seth Rollins gets this character. I much prefer the Mafia version, not the right, the cult one I don't really like. Uh, the Mafia style guy sort of with his, with his rogue thugs I prefer. With just a little hint of yeah, the cult kind of group men mentality. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I, I really, I, I just, I just like, I like Zelina Vega too before we go away from that. I think Zelina Vega, Oscar, Britt Baker and Bailey. Um, oh, I've probably forgotten someone too. Apollo Crews, I suppose, are people that have taken this pandemic and the situation we're in and absolutely made it their own. I think they're flipping fantastic, all of them. So, you know, kudos to them. I've just realized I haven't got my phone with me where I keep my notes. What a moron. So I'll answer, I'll answer, I'll answer some questions and then we can, uh, I'll try, hope my brain kicks into gear. Uh, the Real Boggo123 says, What do you think are the chances of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar happening at SummerSlam? If there's no fans, there ain't no Brock Lesnar. That's what I will say. I don't think he's coming back for nothing <clears throat> until the fans are there. So, yes, no, not high, because I don't think by SummerSlam we'll have fans. But if we do, absolutely, I'd like to see that match. And to be honest, I think that's a big plus of keeping Brock Lesnar away from the world championship scene because he can have more matches with people that aren't going to be world champions there's loads of guys i'd like to see it but you can't do it if he's got a belt around his waist so i hope so um undertaker kane 12 did you like the nxt in your house pay-per-view yes talked about it at the start of the show i thought it was really good it gets two thumbs up from me uh glitch machine i don't see the point of having lana involved in this feud at all they've already paired lashley with mvp just drop her from the angle entirely i do agree with you i just think we should have done a short story a couple of weeks story and we are doing that it just maybe been eked out a little too long but i have this <coughs> kind of idea that i think maybe she's going to get involved on sunday and then that maybe leads to another match between Bobby Lashley and uh, and Drew. I don't know. But I'm with you too. I much prefer MVP and uh, Lashley together. I think they're really good. I think they're really, really good. I think it's an absolutely awesome, awesome partnership that I never saw coming. Because obviously originally MVP was going to be with the Thorn and Vink guy. And then I think some went, no, no, put him with Lashley. He's much better there. And he is. He is. He, he, he is another guy actually that we should talk about. He, he has... 
taken advantage of this of the situation he's in and he's become a fundamental part of raw and somebody i look forward to seeing uh frank goodwin says simon you don't live stream on youtube anymore uh not for the time being i don't want to talk about this too much because i've gone on about it but as you've asked um it's true i have the analytics streaming on youtube screws up your on-demand views for some reason youtube won't promote your videos as much when you live stream i think because it thinks your video got not a lot of watch time because on average if you do an hour stream people are going to watch for 10 minutes max unless you're super duper but i'm not so for now we're just going to do it on twitch and we will go back to youtube eventually but at the moment my numbers are going up so it's like well i must have figured out this plan and there's so much on the internet especially reddit you can read uh so we'll just do it on twitch for now the way i look at it as long as the uh, show continues it's all good it does suck because obviously we can't do super chats but i would just use that as a great segue to say if you do want to support me and i would love your support it's patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And it's like a shop, man. You can get a postcard. You can come on the podcast. You can get a personalized video, like a cameo thing. You can get a t-shirt. There's a load of different tiers. Check it out. I'd appreciate it. And there should be a link below if you're on Twitch. And there's a donate button as well. It puts money in my PayPal. That feels a little bit cheap, but I've mentioned it. Some people, people ask. Uh, Alfonso Azevedo 666. Hey, Simon, do you think the AEW Trios title is still coming? Yeah, I'm sure it will happen at some point. I don't. There's so many teams. Why not? I mean, I'll forget them now, but you've got Death Triangle. You've got Best Friends. You've got various members of the Elite. Uh, you've got the Nightmare People. You know, I can't remember what the hell they're called now, but there's those dudes. I mean, there's loads. We don't need to go through them all. I would introduce a trio's title. It's one of the things that I enjoy about New Japan. You don't want to overbog down your product with titles. We've seen what can happen with that. So maybe let the TNT Championship breathe a little bit, but then, yeah, let's smash it out. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Uh, we didn't talk about Randy Orton and Edge and Peep Show Christian from Raw. Best segment, I think, now that I put my brain into gear. It was, it was a really nice twist with Christian trying to sort of, you know, big up his old friend and get behind him. That was really, really good, I thought. That was really, really, really smart. Because at first, you're like, oh, man, Christian's gone heel. Obviously not. And then it was just a sort of light of fire under Edge's ass. And I thought everything Edge said about being thrown into this in the deep end. And then Christian was talking about his mom. And then he saw the fire in his eyes. Then Randy Orton's on the big screen like, you guys are pathetic. It's just a really good feud. They're not going to have the best match ever for many reasons. One, there's no fans. And if we were categorically going to state that something was the best match ever, you'd need fans. But also, it's a subjective sport. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you could say that Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat is the best fight ever, or Ric Flair versus Terry Funk, or maybe you think Hogan versus Rock is the best match ever, or Okada versus Omega. I mean, we could do this all day. Nobody's ever going to agree on it. Bret Hart versus Austin from WrestleMania 13. You're going to wake up different days and have different matches. It's like music. I love Metallica. What's my favorite Metallica song? Today it's Creeping Death. Tomorrow it'll be one. The day after that, Master of Puppets. Then Dyer's Eve. Maybe even Ate My Bitch. will never be Ate My Bitch. <laughs> Ate My Bitch. But um, yeah, that's the thing they've got working against them. But... I mean, it's marketing, it's promotion, I get it. And look, if it gets people to tune into Backlash, who cares? That match has been taped. And the rumors that have come out because of it is that apparently it is very, very, very good. And that's all it really needs to be. As long as when I finish watching, I go, wow, that was awesome. Then that's okay. It doesn't have to be the greatest match ever. I just need to be sparked entertained. So um, I still think it was unfair to those guys, though. What a thing to put on Edge's back. But that's why the segment worked, because Edge addressed it. And I sometimes think that WWE doesn't let 
the performers address the elephant in the room in promos and they'll do it in outside interviews. But it's much better when they're in the WWE environment and they're saying, what a horrible thing to tell me. Because you can relate to that. You can go, yes, that would be difficult. Like imagine someone said to me, oh, Miller, you're about to go on Twitch. It's going to be the best Twitch stream ever. I said, it's not because it's just me, a bald asshole talking into a camera. And there's only so far that can go. I enjoy it and I love the audience participation, but I'm sure there are people smashing it. But that was really, really good. I don't think some people thought Christian's going to get involved. I don't think so. I think it will be quite a straight shoot, you know, straight, a straight shot thing. And that's okay. I'm quite looking forward to Backlash. We'll do the predictions uh, later in the week. And obviously on What Culture 2, check them out at 2 p.m. BST for ups and downs if you're watching this live on Twitch. I don't mind it, though. I, I'm invested in Bobby Lashley versus Drew, as we talked about. No idea what's going to happen in Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison, but hey-ho, we'll let it play out. Oscar versus Nia Jax, yeah, I think we've already laid that to rest. I think the triple threat tag match will be good. And Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy will be decent too. And you've got Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the IC title. I think that's on Backlash, or is that on SmackDown? Uh, who knows? I don't know. I, I still get to see it. Apparently that's badass too. I think that's SmackDown. I don't know. Who knows anymore? I tell you this too. R-Truth got beaten up by Bobby Lashley. I kind of want to see R-Truth be put in that team. I don't know why. I just thought R-Truth is so entertaining and he's so funny, but that has a shelf life. Why don't we get serious truth for a while? Why not? Give it a go. I'm all, I'm all right for another stable. Look what Seth Rollins has done with his guys. If MVP can then get his own one and he's an active competitor again, ticks a lot of boxes for me. We'll see. I don't think it's going to happen because I think Vince McMahon is enamored with, uh, with R-Truth's entertainment skills, which I do understand. I am too. But yeah, I just thought maybe there's something in that. Maybe and maybe it could kind of relight the 24-7 championship as well, which does feel utterly lost in the shuffle. I'm excited about um, Andrade versus Apollo again for the U. I know we've seen it a lot, but I think it will be good. And I imagine we get Kevin Owens versus Angel Garza. Backlash is all right. It's all right. Let's hope that it is all right. Let's do some questions. Um, Regal Rotherham Twitch. I think that's right. How excited are you for the return of New Japan? Great news coming out today. Yes, of course. They have a card in a couple of weeks, I think, that you're not going to know the rundown until you actually get there, which is exciting, and I'm sure they'll put their best foot forward. Also sounds like they're going to have fans in the arena, which is doubly interesting. And then you've got the New Japan Cup, which they released a bracket for. Obviously, some guys can't get there. I don't think Will Ospreay's in it, neither is Jay White, because they're trapped in their relevant homes, which is a shame. And that must be horrible for them to know, you know, you're so close, but so far. But of course, it's great news. And absolutely, if they can get some crowd participation in there as well, then the world will start to feel normal again. But yeah, good for New Japan. Can't wait to watch it. Um, there's enough wrestling on TV, but, you know, I'll never say no to any more, especially because that's what it used to be. I've missed New Japan. I don't watch it sort of, you know, week in, week out, but I certainly always catch the big events and make sure I stay up to date with it. So, yeah, great stuff. Absolutely great news. We'll see what they do with this card. Maybe they put on some, like, crazy over-the-top mega show to make up for being out of action the last three or four months. Um... It will be interesting. It will be intriguing because obviously all their plans got knocked out. And New Japan treated this situation so well. They even came out and said, we're not letting anybody go. That doesn't seem very, that doesn't seem like a very prestigious thing to do. And that's just the way the Japanese culture looks at it. They don't like letting go of people. It's a pride thing. And uh, I respect it massively. But yeah, I'm excited about it. I am excited about it. Uh, somebody's just put the bracket in the chat as well. If you would like to, uh, we'd like to have a look. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because that would be nuts. Uh, someone else talking about Dominic Dijakovic going up to Raw. I thought we may see him last night. Yeah, because he did indeed tweet out a picture of Seth Rollins. 
Do I want him in that group? Yeah, why not? He's a big guy. I think you're losing a big guy and you're stable. It certainly doesn't hurt. And it does balance out Matt Riddle going to SmackDown. There was a lot of rumors that maybe Velveteen Dream is being moved. I don't think that's true. I think you'd have more worth in that if he said I could never compete for the NXT Championship again. But it was just when Adam Cole has it. So you just end that feud and you go somewhere else. And I think Velveteen Dream is probably best suited in NXT. I'm intrigued to see what we do with both, though. Matt Riddle on SmackDown and Dominic Dijakovic, especially at the moment with the situation, which direction you head with both those guys. They put Matt Riddle over hard. There is, you can't argue that. They called him the face of the WWE or insinuated that during his videos. You just got to let Matt Riddle be Matt Riddle. He's not going to be for everybody, but he is going to be for a lot of people. But if you try and box him in, it's not going to work. He can't be boxed. He has to be unboxed like YouTube videos. But you never know. You never know. Like I would have thought that Ricochet would be a sure thing. I thought Apollo Crews would be a sure thing. And we know what happened there. Ricochet can't even get on the show for some reason. But I keep everything crossed. I always keep everything crossed. You never know. Hopefully it will be. Uh, hopefully it will be. Uh, it will be decent. And uh, Dan Lemley, my man, have you seen the what will Mongo do on Twitter? It's a good follow. I have seen that. It makes me laugh. And what I enjoyed is that Lance Storm came out in defense of Mongo and said, "Yeah, look, he made a lot of mistakes, but he tried damn hard." And I think sometimes we don't give enough people credit for that. Everyone is going to make mistakes, and yeah, you're going to get bad wrestlers. But if their effort is good, why can't you applaud their effort? You never get that on the internet. It's just people dragging down, dragging down all the time. I think it's nice. I think it's good. Uh, the Real Bogger 123, where is Bray Wyatt gone? Um, the Universal title needs to be taken off Braun. I like the fact that Bray Wyatt disappeared. Bray Wyatt is a character that he's one of the only characters that WWE has that can vanish. And you don't even need to tell a story because he's crazy Bray Wyatt. Like I would love somebody to tell me where the hell, again, Ricochet went, Cedric Alexander, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, Natty. Natty had an argument on the phone, and we never saw her again. It's like TJ, her husband, went, no more wrestling for you. But Bray Wyatt, the fiend, can vanish. You're like, well, of course he did. He lost his match against Braun Strowman. He's probably in his Firefly Funhouse concocting a plan. So no, hold him off till after the pay-per-view. Have him come back a week Friday. You don't need to rush Bray Wyatt. Less is more with Bray Wyatt. He's like old school Undertaker. Uh, fractured chris what's your thoughts on the viking raiders street profit stuff i've been loving it we didn't talk about that i dig it i talked about this on ups and downs if anyone is going to throw themselves into those kind of skits with as much pomp and enjoyment as those four guys are i'm ne even if i didn't enjoy it i would never crap on it and as it turns out i do enjoy it too that's why I didn't like the fact that the Viking Raiders lost. I thought they'd really found a good position for them. I thought it was fun. It was dumb. It was stupid. It was over the top. But they weren't pretending it was anything else. And I loved the bit when they were doing... Um, <coughs> excuse me. I can't remember what the second event was. But in the background, you could see Ivar still trying to finish the first race. Love stuff like that. It's just funny. It just makes you chuckle. I would have much rather, though, like I say, the Viking Raiders hadn't have lost. And probably at Backlash, we had done that match. It seems to have set itself up perfectly, but the Raw Tag Team Championships apparently aren't of much importance. So very, very odd. Very, very odd indeed. But again, a good segment. I like that. I like the bowling. I like the axe throwing. I like the basketball. I think each one's got better and better. And I think WWE's got better at editing them and making them feel quick. Uh, I talk about this on ups and downs, but I talk about it here too. People tweet me at Simon316, cheap plug. Oh, but it's doing terrible in the ratings. I don't care. Like, I don't care about the ratings. I'm interested, interested by the ratings. I like statistics. 
but the ratings don't make a difference to my enjoyment of the show. Even if there was a segment that did one, <laughs> what, was the, what was the rating? One. Who was it? Some bald guy in England. As long as I enjoy it, what difference does it make? It doesn't mean we can't discuss it and chat about it and you can't, oh no, doom and gloom. But it really doesn't, if WWE wants to look at it and go, okay, we're going to scrap those things because it's not doing well. Cool. Totally get it. But from a fan's point of view, I don't care what the ratings say. I like the Viking Raiders versus Street Profits stuff. Uh, Untaggage Kane 12 says, have you seen the Tamina video on Twitter? Yeah, I have. Why don't we do this stuff on the actual television show? So go and find Tamina on Twitter and watch her last thing. She's in like a, like an Arkham Asylum type place. She's got a straight jacket on and she's going crazy trying to act like she's all happy and nice, but clearly has suffered greatly after her loss to Bailey at the pay-per-view. There is something in that character. I thought she played it very, very well. Obviously, nobody meaner than Tamina is the best version of her persona. But absolutely, absolutely. Like Tamina, when she's allowed to, like she did all that nice stuff a few weeks ago, a few months ago. I would, I hope that airs on SmackDown. And I hope it's the start of a new persona for Tamina. Because why the hell not? Nobody meaner than Tamina. She's the meaner. Her name's Tamina. So yeah, absolutely. I love little things like that. The more creativity, the better. You know, I've got no issues um, with that whatsoever. I should also say as well, if I get this, please hit the follow button. Follow me on Twitch so you know when we go live again. Eventually, I will get into daily streams. I just have so much on, which is great. I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, smash the follow button, notifications, whatever the hell you do on Twitter. And hopefully soon we can be affiliated and take it from there. Um, Rothy Br- on the Tamina thing says, it's a bit weird that she was being built up to be a slightly credible challenge for Bailey, And now she's just disappeared. Lots of people disappear on wrestling again. Tamina, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, <laughs> Natty Neidhart, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Thorne, Vink. Um, there'll be somebody else that I can't remember now, but a lot of people vanish. It's very strange. I think they just fall into a giant hole. They're walking along and they fall into the giant hole and then Vince McMahon gets the word, oh no, they fell into the hole. And they're like, well, pal, wait till they come out of the side. We'll put them back on TV. Worst Vince McMahon impression ever. Uh, Afonso Azevedo666 again says, who would you have as The Undertaker's next opponent? AJ Styles, I think, given everything I've seen from that last ride documentary and what was clearly the plan, part one can be that badass cinematic match, the Boneyard match, which I loved. And then part two, maybe at next year's WrestleMania, is the revenge match. And Undertaker can win, AJ Styles can win, don't really care at this point. And if it reaches the heights that clearly the man known as Mark Calloway wants to, then we can draw a line under it and he can walk off into the distance. I will say this on the subject of The Undertaker. Get this a lot. The Undertaker's ruined his legacy. The Undertaker shouldn't have done this. The Undertaker shouldn't have done that. I can't believe The Undertaker is still going. Oh, The Undertaker. Oh, my childhood. The Undertaker, or again, Mr. Calloway, is allowed to do whatever the hell he wants to do. When you have invested 30 years of your life into something, especially when there's a, a, I don't think he cares about this, but it must be there somewhere. There's a modicum of fame to the whole thing, of stardom. Uh, It's cool being in the public eye to a certain extent. To all of a sudden decide that you're going to give that up forever is not an easy thing to do. So if he wants to keep doing this every single, whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants his schedule to be, I don't think it ruins his legacy. I don't think it takes away the memories you did have because those memories are still intact. And I just, I don't know, I get very uncomfortable with this. There's nothing wrong with watching a match and saying, oh, I think he's past it or whatever. That stands to reason. It happens in all sports, happens in boxing, MMA, football. You always get it. You're allowed to have that criticism. But from Mark Calloway's point of view, if he wants to continue going until he's 99 years old and have a match on his 100th birthday, I'm not going to get in his face about it. I'm really, really not. More power to him. I really, 
I don't. I just find it difficult to to to, to get on people's backs for that because I think I'd probably be the same. I think I'd probably be the same. That's all he's kind of known in his professional career, professional life. He clearly loves it. He clearly has a massive passion for it. So why give it up too soon or before you're ready? And I understand because people go, well, you're not as good as you once were. Is that a problem? I don't know if it is. So, but I mean, look, in a dream world, yeah, have an amazing match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania 37 and call it a day. That seems to make all the sense in the world. Go into the Hall of Fame, come back here and there for skits as all wrestlers do. But if he wants to go on further, that's all right as well. I really don't get on my high horse about it. Don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but it kind of ties into Star Wars, right? Oh, those Star Wars movies are terrible. Now I can't enjoy any Star Wars movie. Really? I can. Empire Strikes Back, best one by a country mile. I was reading about it earlier because I think we're in some kind of anniversary at the moment for it. I don't see it like that. I don't think legacy gets destroyed. I think unless you do something awful in your personal life. But professionally, like even Mike Tyson, if Mike Tyson comes back at 53 and gets destroyed, I still remember young Mike Tyson. If anything, Mike Tyson ruined his own legacy in, in his peak, but it's not a boxing show. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Um, Regal Rotherham Twitch says, who's had more retirements, Terry Funk or Conor McGregor? Well, Terry Funk. Terry Funk once retired and then had a match seven days later. So Terry Funk is the king of retirements. But yeah, Conor McGregor retired for a third time at least this week on Twitter. I don't believe it for a second. It's Boy Who Cried Wolf. He's clearly angling for something. And I think anyone that actually thinks he has retired, well, it doesn't matter, but you will be surprised. He will ultimately come back. Where he comes back, I presume it will be the UFC, but he will have another fight. Of course he will. And talking about spotlight, who loves the flipping spotlight more than Conor McGregor? Nobody. And more power to him. Uh, he will absolutely have another fight in the UFC. I would put money on it. Kind of different for guys like um, John Jones and Masvidal. They seem a little bit more uppity. They want more money in their contracts, but I would probably think that gets eked out as well. All these things seem to get eked out. I understand it. They want cash. Why wouldn't you, especially at the moment? I'm trying to think of anything else that happened in wrestling. We talked about NXT. We talked about Charlotte Flair. We talked about Raw. We've talked about the return of New Japan. Was there any other news over the weekend? I don't think there was. Uh, Smack we haven't really talked about SmackDown. Again, I think the big talking point from SmackDown is... You know, how do you feel about the Jeff Hardy storyline? And look, there's no wrong or right answer because Jeff Hardy clearly has uh, said it's fine. He's given the, the couple of thumbs up. So there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, this is my vantage point on it. As a fan, it probably rubs me the wrong way from an uncomfortability standpoint. It just does. And it's something that I wouldn't want to see only because I feel like Jeff has been through some rough times. And sometimes it is actually good to separate fiction from reality. Most of the time, reality is better. But you have to look at what's the more important thing. But look, if you're digging it, and the, the one, the only thing I can't stand is I say this and people go, oh, Simon, you're always advocating for a return to the Attitude Era. No, I am not. <laughs> no point have I ever said, do I think we should go back to the Attitude Era? Those words very rarely leave my mouth. I don't think we should go back to the Attitude Era. And I've actually said, and people go nuts, and you can go nuts in the comments too, or you can tweet me, Instagram me if you're listening uh, on demand. If you cut Raw to two hours and... You add that against an old version of an Attitude Era Raw. New Raw would be better in terms of the balance of the card and the level of quality in terms of matches. Because a lot of Attitude Era Raws go like this. Vince McMahon, awesome. The Rock, awesome. Steve Austin, awesome. Somebody else, awesome. Everything else, what the flip is going on, <laughs> right? It's true. It doesn't mean it's not entertaining. But in terms of a show and how it flows, it's actually better now. But that third hour and all the other nonsense we know about drags it down. Like the crowds were much better then. That's what I think. So stop tweeting me that. 
it's not it's not true uh, elias is out yeah elias is out uh, we should do the injury report johnny gargana had some kind of hip injury so that sucks uh somebody else got injured at the pay-per-view as well i can't remember who it was now it can't have been that bad uh, and uh, yeah elias actually does have a torn peck so that's not a that is part of the storyline obviously that's what they said on smackdown it makes me laugh poor elias he was a one sentence fallout from all of that <laughs> this terrible thing but he has torn his peck and jinder mahal has re-injured his knee and had to have surgery again especially for those two guys that must suck so bad elias only just came back out again jinder's only just come back out again apparently it's quite serious oh man that i feel really sorry not that he needs my sympathy but i feel really sorry for him because you're that car oh, and he was going to feud with drew mcintyre which i would have enjoyed yeah that was a shame that was a shame we should talk about randy orton and tommaso champa of course so randy orton did a tweet being no f's randy and said basically said that everyone at nxt slaps their thigh when they hit people which they do <laughs> can't pretend otherwise people do that so yeah that's a thing and Tommaso Ciampa replied saying, don't worry about it, Randy. My child can't sleep and I put your matches on and she drifts off. And then Randy Orton came back and everyone's like, are they going to have a feud? I don't know. I don't think you should put Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano onto the quote unquote main roster. I think they should be the stalwarts of NXT. And I kind of felt like that was their job at the pay-per-view. Like the Karrion Cross Tommaso Ciampa match did everything for Karrion Cross. Um, and Johnny Gargano kind of did the same for Keith Lee. They helped elevate them. I don't mind if we, if we do a one-off Randy Orton versus Tommaso Ciampa match. I think it'll be quite good and you'll probably get some people invested in it. I don't really know what the idea here is. I do agree with this criticism of Randy Orton basically going wrestling's fake. <laughs> I don't see how that helps your business at all. We all know it is, but you don't have to shine a spotlight on it. And yeah, people do slap their legs too much. Ready? Don't know if that worked. But they do slap their legs too much. I, I, I don't know. If it turns out to be a work quote unquote it's actually quite good because it has got people interested and both tweets did quite well and if it's not it's just an interesting thing to talk about on podcasts like this so yeah i don't i don't know i don't know I, I have to see how it plays out but i think if it is a story there's better ways to throw shade at nxt and it was a weird way to throw shade at nxt because he said like oh the takeover show i hear was good but leg slapping. I don't know. I, I don't know. Randy Orton is so weird these days. I mean, he's great. I love Randy Orton because he doesn't give a flip. And I just, there's, I get a kick out of that. But it does it like, I'm interested in it because it seems like two wrestlers yelling at each other. And you want to know, is it a work or is it a shoe? Blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't make me want to see Tommaso Ciampa kick Randy Orton's ass or vice versa. I'm just like, yeah, they do slap their legs too much. And I'm like, I know that you're not telling the truth, Tommaso Ciampa. Your kid doesn't fall asleep to, <laughs> to Randy Orton matches. Don't lie to me. Not really. I don't think that. So yeah, we'll see. It was, it, I liked it because again, it creates news headlines. And I, I always like having that kind of discussion like we're doing now. I shrug my shoulders is my main takeaway. I shrug my shoulders. Um, where am I going? Yeah, someone says Champa to Raw then. I don't, the thing is, why would you start building up that feud when you haven't had the greatest wrestling match ever? Said 15 times on Raw, by the way. 15. Five an hour. Think how nuts that is. Basically, once every 10 minutes, you uttered, you uttered that phrase. I don't see why you'd start building it now. And I would imagine there's still one more in the tank between Edge and Randy Orton. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I also don't think that you want to take Tommaso Ciampa off NXT when you've just sent Tommaso, uh, Dominic Dijakovic and Matt Riddle away from NXT. I think you need him there. And if anything, you want you, you can't not do something about Karrion Cross. 
I don't mind if they have another. If they don't have another match because he did get his ass whipped. But I need some fallout from it. He killed Champa. I killed him. That was great too. We didn't talk about that. That's why you don't do quick matches all the time. So that when you do pull the trigger on it, you're like, whoa. And now Karrion Cross, ironically, comes across like a killer, <laughs> which obviously is a nod to his old name. But um, yeah, excellent. Really, really excellent. Somebody's mentioned about, yeah, maybe put Randy on. Maybe Randy goes down to NXT. It's not the worst idea in the world because that would create waves and people would get talking about that. Because regardless what you think about Randy, when he is a massive star, probably top three in the company. I know Roman's not there, but Roman would be in it. Undertaker's two part-time. Roman Seth Randy, I would say, are the best. I would have forget I would have forgotten someone now and look like an idiot. But, you know, I am an idiot, so it's all good. It's all good. Uh, do I think Randy or Edge deserves one more WWE championship reign, says S1 Hacks. I think it all depends on the storyline. I mean, they're guys that can have the championship and no one's gonna blink an eye because they're championship dudes. So yeah, why not? I don't mind a Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton program. I wouldn't do Drew McIntyre versus Edge. I don't like face versus face stuff sometimes. But if he loses it and you did Bobby Lashley versus Edge for the championship, for example, that wouldn't be too bad. Whether or not they get one more reign, I don't know. I don't think Randy Orton is the type of guy that's going to push for it and Edge can win, lose, and, and, and whatever. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, some people are saying that Orton versus Chamber could be done at Survivor Series. I don't think it needs to be in that. I don't think it's. I think it's a major match to people like you and I, but I don't think it's a flagship match. I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would do that. Lots of people asking who Edge's next opponent be after Orton. I don't know. He's only down to do three or four matches a year. If Randy Orton wins, for example, technically they're one and one. So do you then have to go do a third match between them? Something to think about. So. But there are a load of guys that I do want to see him work with. And he came out in an interview himself and said, be patient. And he's right, we should. But yeah, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, uh, Murphy, Alistair Black, uh, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. I know they're on a different brand, but you can make it work should you want. Even Edge versus Baron Corbin. I'd be intrigued to see it. I'd be intrigued to see it just because it's something I never thought I'd see. So... Uh, yeah, it, it it will be good. It, it it will be good. Whatever he does will be good. We we didn't we we weren't meant to get it, and therefore whatever we do get is all good. I'm just checking for news. I never want to miss news. Apparently, Corey Graves deactivated his Twitter account. Makes sense, Corey. I don't know what's going on with Twitter at the moment. It probably people just don't like my tweets. But every time I tweet, I just lose like 20 followers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I tweet about wrestling. I don't know what the hell I did, but it's all good. If you don't want to follow me, you don't have to. But it does hurt. It does hurt. I like my Twitter following. It's, it builds up my self-worth, obviously. That's why we all want these numbers. Let's not pretend otherwise. Um, no, there's nothing else going on. We, 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 uh, the weekend was mostly focused on NXT TakeOver, and then we had Raw and obviously New Japan coming back. Let's answer a few questions, and then we can wrap things up. That's the best thing to do. I would check Facebook, actually, because I did ask the Facebook group. I never talk about the Facebook group. There is one, and it's quite active and cool, uh, should you... Uh, should you uh, care? So let's just go and grab some questions for them as well, because I did say that I would answer some today. And there's only a couple. There's only one, actually, I should say, which is my question is, do you think it's a good business move for AEW to give Fighter Fest away for free or not? Um, I, I think if they can afford it and they can do it, of course. There's there's rare. I mean, it depends when you just find. I mean, a great business move is giving something away from free because your fans are going to love you for it. 
Does that mean it's going to be good from a financial point of view? Well, it depends on your finances. But I don't think you'll find a fan anywhere that would go, I can't believe I'm getting two different events for nothing. So no, I think from a business point of view, it's great, but not if you're losing money. I'm sure they're not. Um, I just remember something else we should talk about then, the WWE Network going free. So of course, there's now a tier on the WWE Network talking about business decisions where it's just free and you get access to, you know, 20% of the content or however much it would it would be. And a lot of people have been asking why, obviously, I'm the why guy. And I don't think they're doing this for your health is all I will say. I would imagine that when the world get max to normal, this is the start of WWE trying to put their major pay-per-views back on pay-per-view. So Raw Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, obviously WrestleMania will likely be distributed through the old traditional pay-per-view ways. You'll pay 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, whatever they deem to be worthy. And then we will have to figure out what we want to do because we're so used to paying 10 bucks for a pay-per-view. Well, it kind of it falls on WWE's feet. They're going to have to start putting on shows that make you want to part with cash again after a good four, five, six years of saying, oh no, you don't need to do that anymore. I can't see why else they would do a free tier. Yes, it probably means that we're going to get a $15 tier too. Completely agree with that, where you'll get more access to stuff. But ultimately, WrestleMania especially, and I would say probably the Royal Rumble, which also still does good numbers, are likely going back to traditional pay-per-view. How do you feel about that? Would you pay 50 bucks? Would you be happy to? Would you be sad? There's very many questions to ask. Um, some people want Edge versus Balor. Of course, absolutely. Who wouldn't want Edge versus Balor? Uh, you'll probably get that, I think. I think that was probably somebody with the edge will earmark because I think their styles would mesh um, would mesh really, really, really well. Um, where am I going? Do, 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 do you reckon it would just be the main five or whatever going back to pay-per-view and the rest is on the network? Yeah, I don't think they'll go one to 100 because that's the mistake they made last time, right? What they should have done is put eight to 10 pay-per-views on the network and kept WrestleMania and something else uh, as paid. And we would have just accepted that because we're so used to doing it. So you don't want to go 100 to zero going the other way. Personally, I would just take WrestleMania and either SummerSlam or the Royal Rumble and say they're now paid. Then you can do a litmus test and see what happens and go back from there. But I don't know. That's where I would imagine the company is heading. I'm not, I mean, it would be difficult, but I'm not entirely against it if it means that some quote unquote B pay per views are structured better. For example, The Miz versus John Morrison and Braun Strowman, or the handicap match, I don't mind it at all. And I didn't mind what they did on SmackDown. I thought the escalation was too much, but it didn't really get me invested in two guys going after the Universal Championship. And I think if you were going to ask somebody to actually put their hand in their pocket, they probably wouldn't be doing that. But they kind of can at the moment because, again, they know they've got a built-in uh, a built-in audience that will probably, on a late Sunday night or early Monday morning, depending on your time zone, just tune in and watch some wrestling because you can and you're only paying 10 bucks a month for it. So they would have to come up with a different way to promote those. And that could be better from a quality standpoint. But then, of course, you still need to... You still need to, again, pay money. And who wants to pay money right now in the middle of a flipping pandemic? Uh, James A256, my man, says, Hey, Simon, if you've got a wrestling booking, would you feel safe going back with the current situation? Yeah, probably. I'd probably take it. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any wrestling for a while, though. I'm usually quite a positive guy, and I don't mean this to be um, negative. I just can't see how independent wrestling companies can open now. I know some in the US have, but the Premier League is about to start over here where there's going to be no fans. And as far as I'm aware, that you're not allowed any kind of mass gatherings. And obviously, UK indie promotions make their money from the gate. They make their money from the people coming in. So even if you can only fill a venue with 20% of people, are you going to be able to pay the wrestlers and cover your costs? 
It's truly worrying, man. I miss wrestling so much, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm being uh, pessimistic and and got uh, this is just a big error on my part. I don't know, but I I would wrestle. I miss it so much. So when gyms open, I'm running to the gym for my mental health, if nothing else, because. Um, I still think we should take precautions and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be silly with it. You know, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be ridiculous, but rest. I don't know with the wrestling, I would do it, but I'd have to see what the, the, the lay of the land was. I mean, the world is just crazy at the moment anyway, right? We won't talk about it this week, but there's so many things going on. It's almost hard to, it's almost hard to keep up. Uh, do you think the Miz or John Morrison turn at each other on Sunday at Backlash, the great Westner? Uh, if they do, I think it will just be a mini storyline and then they'll, they'll make up. I think WWE sees the worth of them together and you need tag teams right now. So yes, if that does happen, uh, I don't think it will be for the long-term storyline. Just a couple of weeks thing. I just don't think you need to do it right now. Uh, I see Taker either costing AJ the Intercontinental title this week or after AJ has won, it, he drops it going into SummerSlam. That's Chris ate Jill sandwich. I'll say this to you, my friend Chris. I admire your dreams. And I admire your fantasy booking. If The Undertaker costs AJ Styles the Intercontinental Champion this weekend, I will shave my head. And I promise you that. I don't think The Undertaker is going to, uh, to do that. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'd take it. It would be a cool swerve. But I can't see it happening. I cannot see it happening. And we will then go. Apparently, someone is meant to be going to an ICW show in July and November. <sighs> I, I Look, I, you said I can't see either happening. I hope it does. I really hope it does. And I hope I'm wrong. But I know some English UK companies, completely well British, who have canceled their events for 2020. And I think that sums it up. And of course, I understand that. Of course, you have to put health and safety first. Doesn't mean I don't miss it. But I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you up to date. Any bookings that come in, you'll be the first to know, second to know after me, or maybe you book me, and then you'll be the first to know, and we will complete the uh, we will complete the life. Um, off the chain alliance says Charlotte Flair on all brands. She reminds me of her dad. He was in all the wrestling territories. Lol. Yeah, we talked about Charlotte Flair. We'll see how it plays out, but not the uh, it's not an ideal situation. And uh, my man Daz says, will AJ kick Brian in the balls like Brian did him last year when he turned heel? I think AJ Styles will, on that note, I think it's this week on SmackDown. I can't remember. I think AJ Styles will win the IC Championship because why the hell would you move him to SmackDown otherwise? And it also sets up a few between him and Drew Gulak given what happened on last week's SmackDown. And then you can go back into another Daniel Bryan match. I don't think anyone's going to go, I've had too many Daniel Bryan AJ Styles matches, especially because again, that's been taped. And apparently it's so good, even the makeshift crowd got into it like it was a real wrestling match. It just opens up more doors. So I think AJ Styles will win, but I could be wrong. I've been swerved many a time. And Brian Lopez1104 says, how would you do the Otis cash-in? I don't know. He's in such a strange position. He has that match with Baron Corbin where he loses but still wins. I'm like, well, that's weird. That's a strange way to go about it. He's not going to cash in on Braun, I don't think. I don't think that's a, that's, a, that's a relationship that will work. I hope he holds on to it for ages. And I hope he cashes it in on somebody we're not even thinking about right now. Problem with that is that could be at a time when fans are back in the arena and I don't think WWE would make Otis WWE champion when we're outside of this craziness. It's going to be interesting. I think the two things I keep questioning are, yeah, who will Drew McIntyre lose the belt to and who will Otis cash in on? And I don't have an answer for either. It's easier with Braun Strowman because he was never meant to win that championship. That was uh, you know, a matter of circumstance. So if they want to kind of come up with something, they probably will. But Drew and McIntyre Otis are really fascinating individuals to me right now. 
I don't know what their career path is. And in the past, I've kind of prided myself of kind of having a good idea where everyone is going. But it's much more fun this way. So kudos to WWE. Um, and yeah, someone says, I can't see Drew dropping the belt till November at the earliest. He could lose it on Sunday, but he probably won't. But I think they've done a decent enough job that if Bobby won it, I don't I think I wouldn't mind. Um, somebody says that Mandy take Otis's case and turns heel. Problem with that is she's got a proper feud going on with Sonya Deville. And you can't pretend that that isn't legit because it is. So I don't see how Mandy Rose as a heel helps right now. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I don't. It may be down the line, but I don't think it serves a purpose right now. We'll see in six months. Eight months. Ten months. He's got 12 months. Uh, people keep saying that Brock is meant to be returning soon. Brock ain't going to be back till there's crowds. I, I mean, it could be wrong, but I don't think Brock Lesnar even works without a crowd. Um, and there's no need. We, we, he can just chill and he can just relax. So you don't need to bring him back. There is no need to have him here right now. There's just no need to have him here right now. Uh, on that note, that's it. We've come to the end. Can you believe it? If you're watching this live, again, go check out Ups and Downs, What Culture. Even if you're listening to this on audio, go watch Ups and Downs, the, my little show that I do where I review Raw, SmackDown, AEW, pay-per-views. You may enjoy it. Again, we do have an audio feed. Check out whatever you listen to podcasts on. Give me a subscribe. Exclusive episodes going up there all the time. Uh, we'll be back on here to do our proper show on Thursday at 1 p.m. BST. But I'm going to try and start sneaking in like 20, 30-minute shows where we can just talk about news that has broken. So hopefully something will happen next 24 hours and I'll pop up on Twitch and it would be great if you could join me. So hit the follow button, hit the notification button or whatever the hell we do on Twitch. Simon316, Instagram and Twitter. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316 if you want to support the show. That's how I'm able to do it. And a massive shout out to everyone that's been so kind this week. One of the tiers, you can come on the show and we'll just chat about wrestling for an hour or so and we'll talk about whatever you want. Plus the week in gaming is back. I should say that or Simon Miller's gaming show. I've restarted my gaming podcast. Again, just search for Simon Miller's gaming show or the week in gaming. It's one of the two. I think I changed it to Simon Miller's gaming show to match this check it out gonna be talking about games once a week and you can come on that one as well you can do whatever the hell you want simonmiller.bigcartel.com for merch uh keep an eye on my twitter i'm gonna do a big 50 percent off thing soon to try and shift my remaining stock before i bring in some brand new stock now that the world is slowly starting up again and i think that's it that's everything also on youtube search for simon miller give me a subscribe but ultimately take care of yourselves take care of each other thank you so much for giving me your uh, time today the twitch community grows a little bit bigger each week which is exciting i'll see your ass when i see your ass not literally Thank you.